listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 394. My name's Dave. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our discussion of the classic military sci-fi series, Stargate SG-1. So your wife posted some photos of the family playing in the snow today. Oh, she uh, them up already? Good Lord. I know. <laughs> we've gotten about what they said we were going to get. Um, and uh, you know, I have a snowblower, you know, I have a, yeah, I don't know, fairly big driveway. I mean, bigger than I'd want to shovel for sure. And, and my neighbor's out with this snowblower. And I, and I said to my wife, you know, there's only like about three inches on the ground. We're expecting another three. Why would you just not wait yeah. until there's six? I mean, six is just as easy to snowblow sure. as three, but. I don't know. Maybe he just got the snowblower and wants to use yeah, it. Yeah, that's know. always that. That's the thing. But, well, here's the thing that that sucks now is because we're online school. Like, I don't have time to go out and really get the driveway anymore. Um, and I used to, especially days when it's heavy. I have a snowblower, so I'd go around and you know get the sidewalks for some of my neighbors and the driveways of some of the the elderly people that live around me. But now, you know, it's just like, you know, Brendan said, Hey dad, can you take me over to my buddy's house? So I, you know, I was like, all right, grab a shovel. Let's shovel the car out and then we can go. And so, um, you know, I haven't even gotten the sidewalks, which you don't have to worry about your sidewalk. So, I mean, technically you, you right. like, if, if it was just my driveway, I'd, I don't have, I'll wait till it freaking melts, you know, but, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta get the, uh, the sidewalks cleared off too. So people can walk down them and everything. Yeah, and that's what I usually do. I even tell my wife I'll I'll look at the temperatures in the next few days. Hell, if it's just going to melt. But I guess what I noticed last time when it snowed a few weeks or a month ago or whatever, it just kind of lingered there. And you know, I got to walk to my mailbox right. and and just you know, it's got icy, so I don't know. But plus, I'll you don't want to be like the tomorrow. only guy in the neighborhood with still got snow in his driveway, you know? Yeah, although I'm not a yeah, although there, then you get like the people coming. Oh, do you want me to uh, clear your driveway for? No, dude, no, <laughs> just leave me alone. But but what I did notice in the pictures, that hat you're wearing looks like a combo Bills Ravens hat. Um, it's actually a Franklin High School. Oh, okay. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the pictures so, yet, but it's just yeah, it's a uh, the our, the school colors are the are you know red, white, and blue because it's named after. Oh, it looked like purple. Well, it looked sort of purplish. Really? Uh, you'll have to look All at right, it. Maybe it's it just the maybe it's just the lighting. But uh, okay. Well, anyway, um, I can pull it up right now. Let's see what's going on here. Okay. Um, well, while Wayne's pulling that picture up, if you want to shoot us some feedback, it's sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail dot com. If you want to send us an audio feedback the way Fred does each week, just record it, send it as an MP3, go to the website, sci-fi-tv-rewatch.podbean.com. And if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, certainly join it as soon as possible. So, uh, all right. So a couple of things in the... what. Right, well, just before you get further, I have to look at the picture. I can see, so the bottom of my snow cap is like, red and blue threads inter- intertwined so i guess they kind of just make it look all purple but it's just really red and blue uh of yarn okay so but you saw what i saw okay cool yeah yeah I, look at that now it definitely looks uh looks like it's got some purple there all right well listen i started watching a show called scott and bailey which is another british crime drama that 
follows two female partners whose personal lives couldn't be more different. And, you know, I've said before, one of the, the appeals for me with these foreign crime dramas is, is that you watch shows like Law and Order and CSI. I don't know. The, the characters just are so self-important, all about self-aggrandizement. I just They're just so darned annoying. It's a completely different sensibility in the British crime dramas and, and, and certainly the Scandinavian countries, which I've seen uh, quite a few of. But the other th- show that I want to point out, I don't know if you saw in the Facebook group, but Brian Thackerberry posted about an HBO series that's actually Norwegians called Be Foreigners. Did you see that post? Yeah. I, 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 I did see the post. I feel like we saw like the the trailer to that. Is that is that a thing already? Is that happening? Or? Yeah, it's on HBO Max at this point. So okay. um, it is. That's like the, the she's like a uh, like an ancient Viking that's in the modern world, right, or something like that. Well, well, it's not just her. You know, apparently people from right. different periods right. of time suddenly appear. And, yes, yes. and okay. And yeah, like you, it does. It did feel familiar, but then when I watched the trailer, and I've only seen the trailer at this point, it didn't look all that familiar. But I don't know. I mean, it's 2019, so it couldn't have been that long ago. Yeah, I definitely saw the trailer to that. Um, I just assumed you would have sent it to me, or maybe I saw it in the uh, in the Facebook page or something. I I, I know for sure. I. I can't believe that uh, that would slip by me. I wanted to see that because the trailer looked awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just six episodes. But uh, anyway, what are you watching? Something Star Wars animated, I'm sure. Uh, Actually, no. I ran out of Star Wars animation. So I'm waiting for them to make uh, the um, the Bad Batch is going to be. And they're actually, they're going to make a a Star Wars animated series that's kind of like Love and Robots. Love, okay. love, sex, love, death, whatever. You know, yeah, the, I know the what Netflix you're talking show. about. So I finally finished season 15 of Supernatural. Wow. Yeah. And I just, I don't know why I've been like kind of putting it off. Well, I know why for a, a long time. It's because um, I missed recording it when it started. And it got a couple episodes in. And by the time I went to watch it, it already was... You know, on the I'd have to watch commercials. And I just I, as I, I just can't sacrifice my artistic integrity to to watching commercials. So, um, so I, I I think I waited around, and then when it came up on Netflix the first time, it was just you know because they got like fifteen episodes in, and then you know a global pandemic hit. So I'm like, well, I'll wait till they have all the, all the rest up and everything, and then. All the rest did come up, and I don't know. I was just watching like other stuff, and so I finally got around to it. Um, I watched the first three episodes and almost didn't watch the rest. Wow! I'm like, yeah, the first three episodes of season fifteen were horrible, um, but in my opinion, I should say, there's probably other people thought they were great. I did not like them. I almost. Was done. But I, and I'm like, God, I've been watching this show for so long. I just, I got to push through. And uh, as it turned out, pretty much everything from then on in was was classic Supernatural, Sam and Dean stuff. Um, the ending was was nice. I wouldn't say it was spectacular, but it's tough. It's tough to, to end a show, especially after 15 years, you know? 
Um, only MASH really pulled that one off expertly. Um, but they, it, it was nice. I felt they did a good job. They brought some closure to the characters. You know, it was, so I think it, for the most part, it worked out. It wasn't, wasn't perfect, but it was okay. Wow. So, well, uh, well, you started watching your youngest daughter wasn't even born yet. Really? Yeah, I guess. You know how <laughs> old she is, right? It was a long right? ass time ago. <laughs> She's she's twelve, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Well, I, I didn't I didn't watch it right from the beginning though, because we uh, we we podcasted on the oh you're uh, right the on the pilot, and it was I think at the time they were only like three or four seasons in. I can't remember. It was but uh, so I think Nora was born, but she was just little at the time. But yeah, so it's crazy. All right, cool. Well, um, so one more thing I want to bring up. I know yeah. I talked about Supernatural a lot, and I'll save talking about Star Trek the motion picture for next week. But uh, I, so I know you're not watching The Expanse, but uh, season five, it's kind of cool because there's like a Baltimore ang- angle here. Oh, because um, Amos, the character, you know, we I think they'd mentioned before he's from Baltimore. I think he mentioned it one time, uh, which probably everyone else in the world forgot, but the people in Baltimore here are like, hmm. Um, but and so actually a, a pretty significant amount of season five takes place in Baltimore. Now, of course it's not Baltimore. I don't know. I, I assume it's like some kind of version of Toronto is the, the ex- ter- exterior shots that I'm, I'm positive they use Toronto for the, um, you know, the city scenes, you know, like not the, uh, you know, the, the non, uh, you know, helicopter, uh, shots, but yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, to, to hear, a lot of times when they start spouting out the names of places in Baltimore, it doesn't always work out right. I think the one time the, the one character is talking about all these neighborhoods that he's been in, and he mentions like Lansdowne, which is technically Baltimore County. Um, but, uh, you know, it was still cool. Yeah. All right. Even nice. though someone called Baltimore a, uh, he, he said, uh, Amos actually says, because uh, something happens and, and he says well it was a shithole before and i'm like oh come on please don't use that word to describe baltimore please yeah. you know like so maybe maybe someone will hear that from the expanse and they can go and uh change that and maybe say it was a paradise before or something like that i don't know it just bothers me when baltimore, baltimore just gets crapped on in in uh you know, in the, in the media and in, in, not in the media, but like, you know, in like shows and stuff, you know, um, obviously the wire was an awesome show and, uh, set in Baltimore and so was homicide, but, uh, you know, they're gritty shows and, and they, they don't necessarily show Baltimore as a, a, a earthly paradise, which I guess it's not, but I don't think it's any worse than other cities I've seen. And, and, but people tend to, you know, think that Baltimore is like this, place where you know people shoot you as quick as look at you and that's not actually very much the opposite of what our 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 city is like for the most part so all right we'll leave it there and then you can fill out your application for the public relations form for the city of baltimore all right yeah it should All right, episode 16, season one, Enigma, written by Catherine Powers, who wrote Emancipation and Thor's Hammer. She also wrote the teleplay for Brief Candle and Fire and Water, directed by William Garrity, who did The Broca Divide. This one aired January 30th, 1998. Now, I, I like this episode coming off last week's, and I know Fred disagrees with us, and he brings it up in his feedback about last week's episode that you and i both thought was 
incredibly strong. This was a good episode. We, we knew was, we knew it was strong. Yes, it, it, this was a solid one. Um, but as I try to grab hold of what points they're really trying to make here. And you don't always have to make a point with an episode if you're going to go for character development, which, you know, they do a little bit. But I'm wondering, is the technologically primitive state of Earth science the reason we've never been contacted by other intelligent races in real life? So, you know, it's funny. We've got a lot of bad things to say about Trump, and rightly so, but when I when we heard he was going to release all these classified documents about ufos i'm thinking like well good finally one damn thing you did that was good but (laughs) (laughs) tell us tell us where the ships are stored right but but, you know it did get me to thinking and obviously there's that great line that daniel has when he when he explains the reason we've not colonized space yet is that we had that 800 year period of the dark ages when science was frowned upon so i thought that was pretty cool but yeah well let me just take exception to that statement while we're at it current uh scholarship says that that is absolutely untrue that the dark ages lasted that long there was no really such thing as the dark ages okay it's kind of like a myth i mean you know when it's like the idea that all of a sudden Rome fell and everyone got like super stupid and, and no one did anything. And that's, that's not the, the, the truth at all as far as, and a lot of times, you know, it's, it falls neatly into this narrative of the dark ages. And then there was this Renaissance. And so there was, you know, people were really stupid. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, people started reading again, hooray. And everyone's smart again. And now we can build things, you know? So, so yeah, that's, that's, it's not like people took a step back. So just because the Romans left, they didn't know how to make aqueducts or roads or anything like that anymore, you know? So maybe it didn't go necessarily as quickly, but, um, as it would have with uh, more centralized governments. But, uh, the, the fact is there was still a lot of development and intellectualism going on, uh, during the time that we refer to as the dark ages. So. Okay. Well, there. I mean, certainly there was intellectual progress, I, I guess, you know, in terms of science. And, and I guess we're talking roughly 600 AD to 1400, you know, for the, for the period that Daniel's referring to. I mean, I guess that's what I thought. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm well, sure. Well, well, it, it, it also, during that point, there was this place called the, the Byzantium or the, the Eastern Russian Empire, uh, sorry, the Eastern Roman Empire that was still alive and kicking and, and doing great, you know? So I, it's, it's, I, I just, I take issue with this, this idea that, you know, this, the dark ages were this time where learning just came to a dead stop. And also it's a very Eurocentric type because it was really just the Western Roman empire that we're talking about when we talk about the dark ages, the rest of the country was, was kicking along just fine. Right. And I think I mentioned a few months back, I listened to the Byzantium podcast for a while or history of byzantium which was a yeah a cool a one. Great podcast you know we had the episode with jack and his ex-wife and and you know there still seemed to be a little bit between them even though i don't see them getting back together uh, of course teal and his wife and son daniel's search for his wife and in this episode we see samantha in a brief relationship that I mean, what'd you think about that as a 
plot point. Right. Um, I, I would say probably the weakest part uh, of the plot. And don't get me wrong. I, I really liked this episode. I thought it was a really good episode. And probably the point that, that seemed to come from kind of out of nowhere. And especially someone like, you know, so like Dr. Sam Carter, who, you know, doesn't go throwing herself around at every dude that comes by. You know, and, and then actually now I'm talking out, I'm wondering, you know, is it partly because she knows that he's not going to stay, right? That she can kind of feel safe to have feelings for him, knowing that he won't stick her, he's not going to be able to stick around. And so she won't have to have the messy after parts of the relationship. Yeah. Well, but, but does she know yeah. that? I mean, she certainly has that, that, that scene where she try you know, tries to convince him to stay not maybe that's the wrong way to phrase it but she certainly lays the option out there that he could stay and, and she certainly intrigued him with if nothing else about earth the animal life i mean obviously right. earth doesn't have anything technologically to offer but even that we don't know i mean clearly this is an advanced culture and we we get that sense right from the start when, when the team exits the gate. And even though all that volcanic activity is going on, we see those structures that clearly imply some level of technology. But, you know, you wonder whether through the course of, of this season where, where she sees, okay, Jack's got, you know, somebody and Teal has somebody and Daniel's searching for his somebody. And of course we know, Sam was engaged to that douchebag a while back. Right. Um, so it's not as if she hasn't been in a relationship. Right. But, but he's dead now. Yeah, right. She killed but, him, I believe. But right. I didn't notice it. I mean, you know, on my first watch, you get to that point in the episode when Nareem tells her the story uh, about, you know, seeing an angel right before you die and go into heaven. I mean, of course, he's got different names for those concepts. But then when I did the rewatch and I saw that scene, you know, you, you get what his attraction is on one level. And I mean, of course, sure. she's an attractive woman. She's bright, and engaging, and, and all of that. And, and so is he. So on the one hand, I, I, I kind of get it. It's... It just was like right time, right place, maybe. Right. I, I just, I didn't trust him at first. He just seemed like too, you know, putting on like the false charm, which I actually, in retrospect, it wasn't false charm. No, he's just a charming person. But, uh, you know, especially that thing with the angel, I thought that was laying on a bit thick. And I thought he was just going to, I thought what was going to happen is he's going to end up taking advantage of Sam uh, later on the episode. Of course, that did not happen at all. But I was very wary of, of Nareem at first because, so I think part of it is like this, the development of their relationship because they had to compress it because they, this has to run its course within a, you know, 42 minute episode. You know, it just, I felt the start of it was just a little too forced and, and, Unnatural. No, I won't say unnatural. Like it didn't didn't happen in a naturalistic manner. Yeah, and when he gives her that device that records emotions at the end, uh, see that was 
something for me that didn't quite work. Uh, yeah. I believe in the 80s, we would say gag me with a spoon. We <laughs> there the, you uh, go. There you the go. proper. But, uh, you know, so I, and then one of the, the questions I think we have to ask ourselves at several points in this episode, in retrospect, is saving the Tolan a mistake? And even though there seems to be a, a positive conclusion to this storyline and, and the major conflict, uh, God, they're just so damn condescending or, or, or yeah, certainly, yep. you know, Omak uh, Omak, yeah, he's, he's, and, and the guy, Tobin Bell, who, who plays him, I, I'm like, man, I know I've seen that guy yeah. before. So I, uh, well, and then you, am- you look him up and I'm like, well, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Where the hell do I know him from? <laughs> Yeah, I, I I didn't know exactly where I know him from, but I didn't realize it at first. It's been ages since I've seen uh, season two of Twenty Four, but he was like the big bad oh. in, in uh, that in that season of Twenty Four. And then I started remembering, and he he played basically the same type of character, except he was a bad guy, but it's the same kind of condescending, and you know. So, I, and apparently he's been in all the Saw movies. Uh, oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, in he's I think he's the lead in all of them but uh, i only saw the first one i don't really remember it at all so um but yeah i do remember him from from 24 though uh he, he does play that uh he was kind of the perfect he just kind of looks like i'm sure he's a wonderful person but the, you know and, and but he you know he just looks like an asshole in here you know and i'm not saying just like what he looks like but he also you know plays it that way uh because we're supposed to think that omak is is kind of a douche well, he's no Colonel Mayborn, we can say that. So, uh, oh, that guy's the worst. Now, we get the introduction of a human nemesis in this episode, and you know we'll talk about him in a little bit. But uh, uh, we get the opening scene. The team comes through the gate. As we said, there's a violent volcanic eruption going on everywhere. And, and I love it. Jack immediately says, Daniel, dial us home. No argument there. Oh, wait. Yeah. Like, <laughs> least, on, before we quite go home, uh, despite the lava that is creeping towards us, the volcano that is spewing ash into the sky, uh, let me go investigate a little bit. Right. And then Daniel, of course, mentions Pompeii. Okay, fine. And and uh, I, I think- So while we're, while we're at the beginning, I feel like I should mention that for some reason, Amazon, and maybe it's me, but you know, at first there was like the three, four- uh, ratio and right. then now and then it was back to regular like widescreen and now it's back to three four again i'm like wtf amazon come on man well you Get wonder, together right you wonder where they're getting their copy so to speak That's true um you know i've been watching it on netflix for a while um you know I, as i've said i've got the complete series on dvd but Obviously, it's just a lot easier to watch it on Netflix. But, uh, you know, the major question is, of course, what to do about the Tolan. And, you know, we're back at Stargate Command. They've got the survivors there for treatment. And, of course, initially, everybody's feeling pretty good about what they've done, which is to execute a rescue mission they didn't know they were going to be going on. And then one by one, mostly through omak it, it becomes clear it's like damn we should have just left them there to fry yeah well i mean he's just like so you should have left us there it's like dude <laughs> like he's like they were covered it's like dude no one was coming for you you yeah. were 
right. you were super close to death, and they saved your life. So maybe just a little bit of gratitude might be in order here, I'm thinking, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, no. the rescue team's probably, you know, sending down their uh, EVAs to take a temperature reading. It's like, screw them. We're, we're going to the new planet. <laughs> it's too damn hot down there. I mean, what yeah. did Sam, 1,400 degrees, I think she said it was? Yeah. No one's coming down there. This is, this is your this was your one chance to live. So, you know, like I said, a little gratitude. Yeah, and, and you know, there are a few little plot niggles like he you know he demands to be returned returned where <laughs> to, to your, yeah. right. your you, want, you want to go back to the the uh the, the plant that's about to be completely overrun by molten lava right but uh, clearly they're advanced and and you know even at this point we don't know how advanced and, and uh omak tells them you know they're they're destination can't be reached through the gate system which in and of itself is kind of a cool plot detail that we haven't really touched on to this point don't know whether we're going to touch on it again but obviously now the problem is well how do we get you there when we don't have a ship to do it and that becomes the fundamental problem because you know, we just know that Hammond is not going to turn them loose, even when he doesn't know that they have the technology to walk through solid objects. Right. Well, I mean, my first thought was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, why don't you just find a place where you can breathe the air and you can probably make some kind of, I mean, you're so super smart. Couldn't you make some kind of communication device that would allow you to get in touch with your people or something? I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem unreasonable that that would be a thing, but apparently it's not a thing. Yeah, or, no one, At least no one thinks about it. Or, uh, you know, use your knowledge, uh, start a company, construct a ship, uh, you know, hey, a la Deke Shepard, yeah. right? From uh, right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know? Yeah, but, you know, in, in terms of what Stargate Command can do, I, I, again, I like that idea that there are a lot of cultures out there that owe us a favor now uh, maybe we should call in a marker and general hammond's like yeah absolutely do it and and as i think it's jack that says there's no shortage of people that are willing to do us a favor and and, and there was a sense of satisfaction out of knowing that i mean it's one thing to sense that that's true but I guess once they started making contact with all of these civilizations and they got the feedback that, you know, they weren't 100% certain they were going to get, it has to make it worthwhile what it is we're doing as we go around the universe trying to help people. And what? Or prevent them from getting to their new home because we yeah. saved them from fire and brimstone. But yeah, whatever. exactly. Um, and, and that's actually, again, like we already kind of think that, uh, you know, Omak is, is you know, a bit of a jerk. Uh, but then when they, you know, find him a place with, you know, the, the, I, I can't remember the name of the people. And he's just like, nah, hard pass. Yeah, the They're land of the primitive. light. Right. Yeah. It's like, dude, he's, he's sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea who or what we are. 
Yeah. These people are even more well, primitive did. than you. Or, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know what you are. You're an asshole. You know, like, that's what you are. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, so we so we really, really don't like that guy by that point. I mean, before, we kind of, like, didn't like him. Now we really don't like him. But I think that's kind of the masterful thing about this episode is how, A, we get to come to understand why he is so adamant that they not have contact with more, you know, people who are not as advanced as their culture. So we, we you know, we, we, when we get kind of walk in his shoes a little bit more, then, um, I mean, he's still a jerk, but I mean, still, we understand a little bit more why he's such a jerk. Well, sure. But I mean, Nareem has the same level of knowledge that he has, and, and he doesn't act like that as he explains it to Samantha. So, you know, it is what it is, but it, it, it's nice to see Daniel really get the ball rolling when he suggests that perhaps the Knox would be an acceptable place for for the uh, Tolan to go because obviously the Knox are pretty advanced and and the cool thing there is that because of their encounter with SG1 they sealed their gate because right. you guys are too primitive. I mean, as they point yeah. out, they didn't say they it that way. unfriended them. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but then that scene where Omak takes Daniel outside and, and, you know, they, you know, look at the stars and he sends that, that beam message to the Knox planet. And then of course we, we see what's going on and it's like, okay, I guess now we wait to see if we get a, return message from them and and of course we do and again maybe my favorite scene in the whole episode you know that airman comes in to tell hammond and mayborn that the refugees have disappeared the gate starts dialing and and i I, again i forget whether it's jack or or daniel that says no we're not it might even be carter we're not dialing somebody's dialing them somebody you know somebody's calling them and then Mm -hmm the Knox girl Laya comes through and, and just, you know, we'll talk about Mayborn in a few minutes, but you know, when he orders his men to fire on them as she's helping them make an escape through the gate. Oh my God. And then she just waves her arms and the gate activates yeah. and like and, your, your puny little weapons and, and O'Neill are laughable. God, I love those people. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but and then when Daniel remembers the words of the Knox leader, the very young do not always do as they're told. And it's just like, ah, this is just awesome. Um, <laughs> which is probably maybe a good time to talk about the introduction of Colonel Mayborn, who shows up to take the Tolans to his uh, section. And, and again, I forget who points it out. It's probably Jack, but it might be Daniel that, Okay, they're going to become forced intellectual labor. Well, they're not going to cooperate with you. Oh, yes, they will. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, uh, my, my money's on the tolling at, at this point. But sure, you know, unless in, in what was the chamber they had in Agents of Shield where they could put the Inhumans in and their powers? You remember right, what I'm right. talking about? I, I I know what you're talking about. I don't remember if yeah. what it was called. Right, but um, right away, you know, when Mayborn confronts Hammond and this whole attitude that you, a two-star general, are going to do what I, a colonel, tells you, and 
Hammond at one point, that wasn't a suggestion. It was an order. Like, okay, good on one level, but we get the sense, and of course that's how it plays out, that he has the president's ear. And that then takes me back to that tidbit that we talked about. I think it was last week that there's a new administration in power and things don't seem to really bode well for the moral and ethical angle that Stargate Command is trying to, you know, keep a grip on as they venture out into the universe. So I don't know. Uh, not liking yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're, they're always trying to make some kind of like backhanded slag on Clinton with all those things, you know, but, uh, but as you said, it's a new administration, so it doesn't, you know, he was elected in 92. So Right. Well, you know, I started thinking about that because he, he would have been the president if we were talking about real life presidents, which right. I don't think they are i think we'll find out at some point who who the president is and but but that was my first reaction as i was watching and taking notes for this but yeah i I really don't think they're talking about him but colonel mayborn played by tom mcbeath who was in travelers um, van helsing sanctuary which is obviously a show that's uh, a topic of discussion in the facebook group and and you know Mm -hmm. with fred and our our Facebook messages, a show called Riverdale, which have you ever seen Riverdale? I, I haven't, but the, the kids are crazy. Not my kids, but uh, you know, the kids at school were, were really crazy about it. Um, I think uh, our ex uh, journalism student, Lauren was, uh, and Gabby, I believe they were both big into Riverdale. Okay. Yeah. I've heard good things, but I, again, I've never, gotten around to watching it but we know this is not the last we're going to hear of colonel mayborn and 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 yeah we've had that idea out there that there needs to be some sort of a payoff for the stargate program that we're funding you with however many billions of dollars you've got to produce some technology that we can make weapons out of and bombs and, and you know, whatever. And, and of course that's the farthest thing from SG one's mind. And I certainly get the idea of general Hammond's mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. But, but again, there, as you said, there's that, you know, that conflict, right? Uh, they are a military operation. They are funded by a government that would that clearly is expecting some kind of return on their investment, and uh, you know not just coming back with moon rocks and stuff. Right, <laughs> right. The right. The, the, uh, the team is obviously they do not have the same mission parameters, I guess that uh, that the government has, and you know they are in it to you know like they're like Star Trek, right? They're exploring strange new worlds and and they're not going there to try yeah you know, i mean they, they got some uh medicine right and the, the one time right sure yeah you know, so but, we've but, seen instances of where they they have right but you know none of them are naive and, and certainly none of them are stupid and and you know even in this episode after the threat of a court-martial well you can't court-martial Daniel, he's a civilian. I'd like to see you uh, come up with a civilian law against that. It's like, are you effing kidding me? Of course they'll find something to charge him with if they want to. 
And I, I don't know. It, it's just it's almost like they're so short-sighted in all of this. It's almost like they've got to figure out a way at some point to give them something that will keep the Mayborns off their back. And it's going to have to be something that's got some teeth to it. It can't just be medicine. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the, the problem, right? Uh, And, and that's, where Mayborn, uh, you know, proves that the Tolans basically are absolutely right. I mean, we bristle when the Tolans say that the team, aka us, are primitive. You know, so we're like, oh, we're, what? We're not primitive. We can handle your technology, Mister. But then, you know, Mayborn comes around. It's like, well, yeah, okay. So if you know, if they get a hold of the Tolans' technology, they're totally going to use it to wage war, right? They're not going to use it to advance anything. They're just going to use it to, for their military and, and therefore proving exactly the, what the Tolans' concern is. And and this is a real, I mean, the, the Tolans are in the situation they're in because they gave their technology to another world, right? right. And I guess what I think is so great about this episode and the way things are playing out is now we look at, well, Who's more of a danger, Mayborn or the Gaold? Right. You know, and uh, obviously they both pose separate dangers, but uh, it's a great introduction of a human nemesis, which I I just open, you know, feel like opens up so many possibilities. But, uh, well, just while we're on it, just real quick, that, you know, it's funny how for the Tolans, the Gaold. They're no big deal, right? right? Like you know, like they're like, aren't they your enemies? Like, no, I didn't say anything about enemies. You know, like obviously, with as advanced as they are, the gold can't threaten them, right? They might even be more advanced. They have better weapons than the gold, so that would explain why for them it's it's uh, you know they don't they don't really care. But it also demonstrates a lack of concern for the rest of of the galaxy or the universe, right? That we don't care about the gold, let them run around, but the gold are, you know, objectively terrible. Tolan first. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> and, uh, make Tolan great again. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about Samantha's interactions with Nareem and we get that great scene with the Schrodinger's cat story, yes. which of course takes us back to dark, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that was cool i love that <laughs> but they didn't realize it at the time obviously but they were making a pointed reference to something in another show that we loved so well, uh, talk about prescience for you i tell you that well right and then when he recognizes the uh theory that schrodinger's cat explores and of course he's got another name for it and then tells her yeah, but that shows you were wrong about this and she's like yeah. What? yeah but again there it goes okay you can tell the person she's wrong but you don't have to be a dick about it like yeah. omak right because uh, of the, a misconception of elementary science okay and he's talking about quantum physics right, right. it's like uh, oh damn <laughs> that's the one I, I i gave up using i think my wife finally got sick of it you know what you know we're sitting there talking or reading or whatever and she's like you know what i don't understand quantum physics 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, That's a good. I got. I'll give you that one, Dave. I like that. Clearly, the two like each other, and 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 I like that line though that kind of comes out of her interactions with Nareem. If you're so advanced, then Jack, who who kind of is on the periphery, if you're so advanced, let your people decide for themselves, which makes perfect sense. And I guess that's why I go back to what I said about Sam earlier, thinking that there was a possibility, however remote, that Nareem might decide to stay. I think we're pretty certain Omak is not going to stay, although we don't necessarily at that point know whether they have another option for all their ability to walk through walls. They don't have a ship and it's not like they can steal a ship. Here's my thing, right? Like they can shoot this little message out in the space that the, um, Oh, the Knox, the Knox, um, you know, pretty much get the message like next day air, but uh, they can't send that same message to their own planet ah. where their people are now settled. You know, it's ah, like good point, and they could right? send a ship to come get them. Yeah, or they could send a ship to a place that has a Stargate. You know. Oh, good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right, what else you got that we didn't talk about? Um, that's probably it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, what are you feeling about a grade? You might have talked me down a little bit. I'm going to go A- minus on this one. I actually gave it an A at the end. I liked how our perception of the the, the Talons, uh, especially um, Omak, how that changes over the course of the episode and how we come to understand and, and appreciate. But then again, there's some elements like the you know romantic aspect that I don't think was, was done super well. Right. Um, so. You know, I was never really in the full on a range. I, I guess I always felt a minus B plus and, and, and I'm going to go a minus as well. And, and I think the introduction of Mayborn, as much as we dislike him is really a boon for the overall story um the idea that technology in the wrong hands can and usually will have catastrophic effects is certainly a great storyline so um you know i yeah i think a minus is fair so yeah there is one thing i forgot to say that you know when uh yeah when the 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 knox and tolans disappear and you know they make the soldiers guns disappeared they just say to, hey, Mayborn, you got mossed. <laughs> there you go. I love it. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. You ready to hear Fred's feedback? Sure. All right. We'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Stargate SG-1 Season 1, Episode 16. First off, about last week's grading. After listening to your podcast, I thought, okay, I will go for the B instead of a B minus and a C, but still, I was very much amazed about the difference in our grading. I really didn't think it was such a good episode and quite repetitive and building its story on tropes. 
The whole team tried to defend Tiolk in their own way, but in the end, the whole trial thing didn't do very much, perhaps a little bit. But it was mainly because of the actions Tiolk showed at the end. Perhaps it was everything that was said before in combination with its actions at the end. And I agree on that the acting was good. I actually was extra amazed about the difference in grading because the episode before that we did very much agree on the quality of the episode. But an A? Come on guys, that's a 9 out of 10 or something like it. I would give it a 6.5 or a 7 at maximum. Okay, what am I watching? I didn't watch the first episode of the second season of Snowpiercer yet. I started watching WandaVision. Actually, I thought I wouldn't like it, but after two episodes, it's it's quite funny. It's it's okay. The setup in the 60s was quite nice. The only thing is that there are all kinds of Easter eggs referring towards the Marvel Universe in it, and I just am a little afraid about spoilers. On the other hand, some references I just wouldn't pick up or don't understand. And that's because I'm just not far enough in all kinds of Marvel Universe movies and series. But I'm working on that. I watched the first two episodes of the second season of Batwoman, where we had a transition from Kate Kane to Ryan Wilder, or from Ruby Rose to Yafishia Leslie. And I was very much afraid that they would do it a very awkward way, but they did a nice construction in how it became believable that that new Batwoman is there and that she is a woman of color, etc., They could have done it worse. Okay, about episode 16 of Stargate SG-1. Quite a nice episode, at least a B+, perhaps even an A-, because it's now, for once, a race that is visiting Earth instead of they are visiting other worlds. That was new, and it was not about a kind of ancient culture, but more a very developed race. I was quite amazed that they wanted to go to the Nox, because the Nox, in my memory, was a kind of forest-dwelling, primitive race. But they were not that primitive after all, obviously. I got a nice tweet again by Frida Batrani, who plays this Nox, Laia, who came to collect the Tolon people. I found the story between Samantha and Nareem a little bit too sweet, a little bit too lovey-dovey. It just lacked a soft tone filter there. That all happened a little bit too quickly. And I really thought all the time he would have a hidden agenda or would be some awful person. But at the end he wasn't. So perhaps that was the nice twist in that story. Okay, that was all for this episode. Last podcast you were talking about Sanctuary. I never saw that and actually I watched the first episode. And that would be nice to do. That Will guy reminds me a lot of Daniel from SG-1. But I don't really can judge that only on seeing one episode. But it just gave a little bit of the same weirdo scientist feeling. Although he's a psychologist and not an archaeologist or an historian. Okay, greet Fred.
All right. So we've talked before about uh, Fred being a tough grader. Glad we're not yeah. in his class for that reason. Uh, I'm sure he's a very engaging teacher, but uh, when it comes to grading our assignments. Uh, I'm also glad I'm not in his class because I, I don't speak Dutch and I well, would not understand what anyone was saying. Well, that's I get too. a really bad grade because, you know, I'd be like, I don't know, roses. Yeah. And not to mention that it's science and genetic based, which yeah. I, I prefer having it on a more casual Right, which means we, even if I could speak Dutch, I wouldn't understand a word <laughs> anyone was saying. Right. So, but uh, but the other interesting thing he brings up is WandaVision, which I have still not seen. But you know, when you yeah, go on because the, you don't have Disney Plus. Well, I understand so. that, but but you know, you go on the internet to whether it's Den of Geeks site or just every, things that pop up in my feeds on YouTube. Clearly, it's very popular, and the little bit that I have seen of it i don't know what the hell to make of it have you seen it yeah yeah did you I like, like it? it i love it okay um i love it so and and, and the last week we 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 kind of found out what's going on okay and there's like three episodes we're like what the heck is going on and now we've got a pretty solid idea of what's going on okay yeah well you know i i, I don't know i mean it, it's good Okay, but you know he's right. The, the you know the spoilers for it are awful. Like if you haven't you know watched the show by you know Friday night, then you're just there's there's no way you're going to avoid the headlines with spoilers in them. Right now, know? now Fred also brings up an interesting idea about spoilers as he watches Wandavision. In that there's you know like all Marvel shows there are countless references to other marvel characters other marvel timelines and a lot of them you know as he alludes he hasn't seen yet now he's spoiled and fred i i guess you just got to do what you can do to remain as spoiler free but knowing that you just can't to a large extent particularly if you want to listen to a podcast or or read a review of an episode you've just seen so yeah I, i guess that's the world we live in and yeah you you have to i mean you really got like i said i mean it's almost like you gotta you gotta consume this stuff as as soon as they shovel it out because you know like yeah the spoilers are are everywhere right now he also mentions batwoman which is a show that i've got zero interest in and haven't seen any of the episodes and it's a show that's noted for having to replace its lead character one season into the show because the actress that played Batwoman just decided to leave the show. I, I'm out. You know, I don't know what the reasons are. I don't, I don't, you know, they're probably out there, but I, again, I not that familiar. So, but he's, he's given this episode B plus a minus, which is, you know, in our ballpark. Uh, he liked sure. the fact that the aliens are coming to earth. Uh, and he, he questions about why they'd want to go to the Knox planet they didn't really have a choice. It's not that they, yeah. they, you know, they didn't want to go to the Knox. There just wasn't a choice that would be amenable to both sides. And while his first view of the Knox probably set him back just for a, a second, it's like, these are the advanced people you're sending us to. Right. <laughs> but 
you know, and then yeah, making the guns disappear is pretty pretty boss. Well, yeah, so. there you go. Although I don't know if he saw that happen, right? I think they That's already true. They were they already were through at that point, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, and, and then Fred points out what you kind of alluded to that the the, the relationship between Sam and Nareem was yeah, you know he I think he calls it a little too sweet a little too contrived uh, you know but I I don't know it's it's you know we've said this before I, I I'd like to see an episode where we see our characters away from the Stargate program and, and to see them more as people and when you've got a 22 episode season. You can do that. Now, whether they're going to do it more or, you know, or at all, we don't know yet, but I wouldn't mind. Sure. Anyway. All right. Anything else about Fred's feedback or the last thought? I I like the use of the word anathema by Daniel, even it was in a misguided rant about the Middle Ages, but uh, nope, I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, And and then Fred also sent us some more pictures of, of his Batmobile toy and, and yeah, I think I yes. did get confused over what he was saying about, you know, what, what he still had and, and, uh, what was just a picture he grabbed off the internet to, you know, this is what I did have. This isn't the actual one that I have, but, uh, anyway, cool. All right. Well, we will leave it there. That'll do it for this episode of sci-fi TV rewatch. Thanks for joining us. Let us know what you think about stargate sg1 uh you know any toys that you might be collecting we'll you know, maybe talk about that at a future date sure sure um if you want to send us an email it's sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com you can go to the website sci-fi tv rewatch.podbean.com we'll be back next week to talk about episode 17 of stargate sg1 titled solitudes but until then you know, I never really, I guess sometimes I just like spout out and say whatever is, comes to my brain, which doesn't always work out. But I think even when it doesn't work out, that nature succeeded where we failed. <laughs>